0: The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani
1: Show.
2: On Relevant Radio. Statue of the Blessed Mother Mary, glowing in the light, reflecting off of fresh snow. It's a place that has illuminated the faithful of Nativity Catholic Church for years. Thursday morning, the pastor found
3: the statue destroyed, leaving parishioners' hearts in pieces.
2: This
0: just makes me sick, sick in my stomach.
3: This comes just weeks after a masked man took a hammer to the hands, face, and crown of the Our Lady of Fatima
2: statue at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. The pastor says the statues at the grotto are damaged beyond repair, and he prays for whoever desecrated this sacred place. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, good afternoon. I just, gosh, listening to that... It just, it gives me pause. Uh, Again, I have been over the past several years now, and with increasing frequency over the past year, uh, continuing to report on the increase in, well, violence against churches and uh, religious imagery. Uh, We're seeing some incredible numbers of people leaving the church. We're seeing increases in, you know, satanic and demonic activity. And we're clearly seeing an attack on the church. That was yet another case of vandalism. At a Catholic church, where vandals destroyed statues of Our Lady, right? Our Lady of Fatima, her three visionaries. It's very telling to me. You know, it it just speaks to how much Satan hates, not just Our Lady, right? Which he does, because she's gonna crush his head. As Genesis tells us, right? And in Fatima, what did our lady reveal? She said that in the end, her immaculate heart would triumph, right? So he knows he's he's fighting a losing battle and he hates her. Her yes was the opposite of his no, I will not serve. Her fiat be it done unto me according to your will. Was a beautiful act of humility. His was one of pride, right? And we see how he's leashing out today. Stavages were damaged beyond repair. Uh, that happened last ter- uh, last Tuesday, I believe. And now the parish is raising funds to replace them. But uh, it's really a sign of our time. It's increasing. Even the USCCB, the United States of, of our Catholic bishops, con- United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, I should say, uh, they're going ahead and um, they've been tracking this. They've got their finger on the pulse of what's happening as well. Um, you, you know, is even worse. Uh, There was an attack uh, by a Dominican priest, a guy named Father uh, Joseph Trank uh, Fang, I think his last name was. He was stabbed to death. Now listen to this. Please pray for him. And and really pray for the person on the other side of of the screen. He was stabbed to death when he was hearing confession at his parish in Vietnam. And, And I often think about these priests who enter that confessional And they really are encountering wounded souls. But they're also encountering, I think in some cases, people who have deep oppression, deep um, demonic uh, infestation, and and, and even maybe the possessed in some respects. For somebody to go in there, clearly they have to be psychologically disturbed or they've got to be somehow driven by some sort of other force. The alleged murderer is apparently a, a drug abuser. So we need to pray for him. Why he stabbed the priest to death, I don't know. This priest was newly assigned to the parish in a place where there is already a lack of priest and to be stabbed to death in the confessional. Just absolutely horrible. So I bring that story to you for prayer. And I just want to say thank you to all those uh, wonderful priests who make themselves available to so many people, um, you know, on a very, very frequent basis to have our our, our sins uh, forgiven. And uh, I'm grateful for that. You know, they risk sickness from everything from colds and COVID to, to very sick people who may want to take their lives so uh please pray i think of the drug abuser i think of this priest i think of satan really behind a lot of this hating that sacrament really more than anything else you know the opening ceremonies of the winter olympics are this friday i was just talking to my team about it. i said hey when when do the olympics begin this friday maggie said and a lot of uh, public leaders aren't going to be showing up uh, vladimir putin You know, uh, he'll be there, right? Of course, even though there won't be any Russian athletes, uh, since they were banned. Why? I don't know if you remember this. The Russians were banned because of doping issues. Uh, Poland, Serbia, Luxembourg, Monaco—they appear to be the only nation sending their leaders. That's at least according to the Chinese list that I saw uh, that was was published. Uh, Some say we should be boycotting the. The Olympics. Some say we should absolutely boycott it. Uh, Taiwan is one of those countries that have announced uh, its officials will not be attending the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Take a listen to why.
4: Activists and lawmakers in Taiwan are asking their government to do more in boycotting the Beijing Winter Olympics. Yesterday, Taiwan said that while it will not send officials to the Games, its athletes will be attending. Taiwan had also called on China not to use politics to interfere with the event or belittle the island. But unsatisfied activists gathered outside Parliament today chanting for more to be done and holding up signs demanding independence from China. Some Taiwanese lawmakers have also spoken up, saying that the Chinese Communist Party violates the Olympic spirit of promoting peace and protecting human rights. Taiwan joins other places, including the United States, which have announced diplomatic boycotts of the Olympics due to concerns of human rights violations in China. At least four Taiwanese athletes have qualified for the Games. They'll compete as Chinese Taipei in speed skating, skiing, and luge.
2: So the uh, leaders of Cambodia and Singapore and of Kazakhstan and Kyrgyz, uh, Kyrgyzstan, a lot of Stans, right? you got Turkmenistan, you've got uh, Uzbekistan. I mean, think of these countries, right? It'd be a great quiz. Where are they on the map? Can you identify them? Of course, you got Egypt and Saudi Arabia and Qatar and the United Arab Emirates. They're all going to be there. And they're all going to be showing up. Uh, to me, it's not exactly the most impressive list of leaders, but the U.S. is leading a diplomatic boycott because. And, and, I, and I want to thank um, Congressman Chris Smith out of out of New Jersey and, and Senator or Congressman, if you're listening, Bravo to all your efforts, um, Congressman Smith. And, and now uh, the U.S. too. I mean, we we have to be moral leaders. They're leading a diplomatic boycott because of the horrific human rights and those atrocities that are taking place against the, the Uyghurs, that group of Muslims that have been enslaved, literally, uh, made to, to do forced labor, who are being sexually abused and tor- tortured, it was, it's horrible. we've talked about them in the past, but you know, there's forced abortions and rapes and whole litany of things, I won't go into it all here, but um, you know, as, as a nation, I think we did the right thing, and I wish other nations would do the same thing, I know many are, so. Hey, um, I, I don't know where you are, I had to do some running this weekend, and um, I had to fill up my tank in my car a couple times at least, right? And I don't know if you've noticed the jump in gas prices over over the last week. Um, if you did, you're right. I mean, I was surprised. I'm thinking, holy cow, look how much money it's calling. My tank's not that big. Um, why? Well, a couple reasons. Tensions between Russia and China and the U.S. over Ukraine and Taiwan. The price of oil is continuing to climb. I was amazed when I heard this morning A barrel of oil is at $90, $90 a barrel. I remember when it was down in its forties, right? That's something you haven't seen since 2014. And that pressure now is pushing gas prices up. The national average right now is about $3 and 36 cents a gallon with California as always your prices leading the country over $4 a gallon. And, uh, when those prices come down I, I don't know i mean it's anybody's anybody's guess paul wallace from bloomberg news he reported live from dubai earlier today about the rising demand of oil here's a little bit more
3: it's pretty difficult to find an oil bear at the moment if you talk to analysts and traders pretty much are all in the let's say in the mike worth camp uh, saying that it's very possible that oil will hit a uh, hundred dollars a barrel in in the the next few months when it comes to geopolitics the Ukraine-Russia um, issue is very much front and center of traders' minds today, and has been over the last few weeks. There's also the uh, the attacks in the UAE. They're not as important at the moment, just because those attacks have not led to much damage or, uh, or or casualties. But that's another bullish factor for oil. But this issue of dwindling spare capacity in the oil market is really what's at play here. That's something that's really come uh, to the front of, of traders' minds in the in the last few weeks. They see. Many oil producers around the world struggling to increase production.
2: So, yeah, we'll see what happens and whether or not gases will continue to climb. You know, uh, quite often. Uh what goes up comes down. How long? Uh, I don't know. I'm a little concerned about what we're seeing on Ukraine, threats of war, a lot of other issues as well. So we'll see, keeping our eye on that. President Biden has said he's going to select a black female to replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer on the Supreme Supreme Court bench. Um, that's one. It's going to be one of the big stories of this year. And it's something that we're going to continue to follow uh, i saw an abc news uh ipsos poll and it showed that 76 percent of americans now i i don't know where you are on this i'm going to throw this out to you and, and give me a sense of, of of where you are just wherever you are right now answer this: do, do you want to select do you want him to select the best candidate based on qualifications on their intelligence on their their academia their 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 history or would you rather have him as the first checkbox, You know, the, the first criteria to put somebody on the bench, their skin color or their sex? Now, you're probably like me, right? I consider myself somewhat rational. Not always, but, but for the majority of the time. I, I, I think I would uh, like to have the best candidate, right? The most intelligent, the most balanced, the most unbiased, the most uh, un, unprejudicial Somebody who's got a great track record and a great history, right? Um, 76% of Americans believe, you know, agree with me. That's, you know, 76% still stunning to me when I saw that number. Three out of four people say yes. The the other 25%, 24%, the other one out of four, I I guess they're thinking, ah, a person's sex or color should come first. Really? Why I, I I just do not understand that type of mindset. Fifty four percent of Democrats want him to look at all possible nominees. A majority of Democrats. So, bravo to you, not just black women. And, and when I heard him say, "I am going to put somebody on because of the color of their skin," and that's not his exact words. He said he put a, a black woman on. I could care less about the the color of somebody's skin. Give me the best person, whether they lead the country, whether they sit on a, a bench and they judge, whether they perform surgery on me, whether they teach my children. I, I could care less what their ethnic origin is. I, I want the most qualified person. And it really is. It's sad that we are at a point where uh, we, we're still talking about this. And Joe Biden, of course, had been for a long time, supposedly a great champion, right, of, of civil rights. And I, and I get that. But um, to go ahead and to to make that your criteria for for selecting somebody, um, I, I, I just think it's wrong. I really do. Um, let me see. Uh, let me go to yeah. Let me share one other story. Maggie and I were just talking about the Canadian truckers. Let me let me share one final story with you here, and I think this is an important one. I don't know if you followed the, the the news at all. We've talked about this a little bit yesterday. I uh, had a call during the chapel of Divine Mercy uh, for uh, yeah the for a very peaceful. A demonstration and um, it's a big story that's developing with our neighbors to the north and I I know you see them every day on the road right you might even complain about trucks you know and people don't like to drive behind them or around them I feel bad for truck drivers I do I don't think I don't think drivers I don't think you and I uh, show the greatest respect I see people cutting them off slamming on the brakes in front of them it's just like not letting them in I mean we need truck drivers you see that with a supply train issue right and there's a shortage of tractor-trailer drivers right now. So you know what I'm talking about. But but truck drivers in Canada, um, they've gone from, I guess, the bane of car drivers' existence to becoming now a symbol of rebellion against uh, these uh, onerous COVID restrictions in their area. And Canada has put a mandate, if you're not familiar with what's going on there in place, that... Uh, If an unvaccinated driver crosses the border of the U.S. on his return, he's got to quarantine for two weeks. Imagine that as a a parent or as a spouse. Just imagine what that means and and what it costs. That means, of course, you're not going to get paid for those two weeks if you're not driving. And now the federal government, you know, the federal government of our neighbors of the north, I should say, is considering the same move for crossing provincial lines. So that was it. Uh, You know, the drivers were upset. Let me give you the latest out of Canada on the protest that's now being staged. Check this out.
3: Trucks lined roadways leading into Canada's capital, Ottawa, on Saturday as drivers staged a massive protest against Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's COVID-19 vaccine mandates. The so-called Freedom Convoy started out days ago as a rally against a vaccine requirements for cross-border truckers but the protest evolved to a demonstration against government overreach during the pandemic. Scores of trucks from across the country, some of which made it to the city on Friday, lined up in front of Parliament, blowing their horns as thousands of people gathered peacefully on the snow-covered lawn of Parliament. The violent rhetoric used by some of the promoters on social media in the run-up to the protest has worried police who were out in force on Saturday. The CBC reported Trudeau and his family left their downtown home due to security concerns. On Friday, Trudeau told the Canadian press he was worried about possible violence connected with the demonstrations. Earlier this week, he said the convoy represented a small fringe minority who do not represent the views of Canadians.
0: I'm a nurse. I lost my job because I wanted to stand up for my body my choice. It's either fight
3: for the country or we, we lose it. We have kids. And we don't want them growing up in this world
2: that you guys are creating, that Justin Trudeau is creating. That's it. No more lockdowns. No more
0: mandates. Kids back to school. Nurses back to hospitals. Give us back our
5: lives.
2: So, uh, yeah, when trucking stops... I'll tell you what, I think I, I think the nation, I think the government there is going to have to, they're going to have to listen and something's going to have to be done. You know, it was the U.S. mandate that got drivers upset and they decided to take action and starting from British Columbia on the Pacific coast, uh, there was a trucking convoy that got started and it has literally scared the government all along the way. Tens of thousands of Canadians have been gathering on the roadside. Now, remember, think about how north they are. These are sub zero temperatures in brutal weather. And, and the citizens are are gathering to cheer them on as they go, giving them food, giving them fuel, giving them windshield wiper fluid, even lodging. One trucker said that it's happening even on four-lane highway. So as you heard in that clip there, the prime minister there tried to, to dismiss them as a fringe minority. He's concerned now about his safety. But I, I, I can't see how you can say 50,000 people are a fringe minority. 50,000 people arrived in Ottawa and... Who knows how many trucks? All of a sudden, uh, Justin Trudeau was spirited away. He's now in an undisclosed location. Some think he's here in the U.S. out of safety concerns. So uh, for the latest on what's happening, I've invited Tara Walter. She's the owner and president of B&D Walter Trucking Limited in Lethbridge, Alberta, to join us. And Tara, thank you for making time for us today. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. How are you?
2: I am well. Unbelievable story developing. I've been following it, um, and apparently it is resonating throughout all of Canada, and the citizens um, uh, really seem to be responding. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what's happening uh, in your part of the world, and is this a majority of people who feel this way? Is this a fringe minority? Uh, How do you read it?
1: Well it's, it, it's definitely not a french major- minority we started off it w- became it was just about the truck drivers and now people are gathering as a whole and it's multicultural and we're here for a common goal to represent commerce and freedom and yeah, we yeah. even have support of our of the of the US or in support our neighboring country of the of the, just below in Montana which recently we just recognized
2: well, here's the thing: you're not just inspiring, I think, your fellow citizens. You're inspiring citizens of the world. I mean, we're seeing this type of reaction around the world, and people are saying, "Hey, enough is enough." Um, I know that you uh, operate a, a, a trucking company there. Uh, do you have any employees participating in it, and, and you know what's been their response?
1: We have um, in we have two active employees. You know, this the response has been nothing but supportive. Locals are now having adopt a trucker where they wow. have homes for the truckers to stay at. They're feeding them, and they've promised awesome. that we will not go without fuel.
2: That is great. Now, you do trucking into northwestern United States. I think Montana, you said. so. What, what would this mandate mean for your company? Uh, how does it impact you and your bottom line?
1: Uh, it has serious supply chain um, implications. Um, the locals are saying thank you. Like a lot of people are not crossing the border because mm-hmm. of the band aid and also it, it, like the NAFTA agreement. I thought uh, the bo- like that we were able to cross the border, but we're wondering now what's happening across the country and across with our with our nation.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, what are you hoping is going to happen with the demonstration in Ottawa? Do you think? it will have, you know, uh, some sort of impact or, or do you think it'll be just a demonstration and, and mandates will continue? So what, do, what what are you hoping is going to happen, I guess?
1: Um, we're hoping, it, for us, it's about the freedom of choice. It's not about the vaccination. Most Amen. people are vaccinated and it's about having freedom again so that we get our lives back from the changes that have been going ongoing for the last two years.
2: Amen to that. I could not agree with you more. What have you heard from your employees about their trip so far? What's the feedback been?
1: Um, well, it started off in the West. There's a 100 kilometers of trucks lined up. Wow. Um, they're wow. telling us it's nothing but supportive. And the people are knocking on the doors and, and handing them food. And right now, the general consensus of general of of Canadians as a whole is everybody wants some change to be brought about. And they've been waiting for this for the last two years. And they just want someone to step up and be their voice.
2: Well, you know, I'm getting word or at least I heard that they're going to maybe continue on to Washington, D.C. next. Is that are you hearing that?
1: Um, That's what I've heard from Washington. That they said that there was a convoy started out there on their way, and I guess we'll take all the support that we can get.
2: You just personally, from a logistics perspective, I I sit back here. I've had to get a new washer and dryer, right? So I place. I'm trying to get one, and they are backlogged for, oh, I don't know, two months. Supply chain implications, you know, off the western seaboard of the united states trucking there's issues here in our country and in yours i'm just wondering with so many truckers in trucks in ottawa right now what's that going to mean for supply chain both in your country and and here in the u.s
1: well we're definitely taking a hit but we were taking a hit before due to the, the the issues with the border mandates um we like even for getting parts and different things for trucks you know for the last it's been even previous to this we can't even get parts for our trucks we just ordered the new Peter peterbilts and we can't wow. get them till the end of 2023 because there are no wow. parts and, and even that is questionable
2: that's amazing well i'm am so grateful for your time and for what you're doing it's a, it's a it's an exciting story we're going to continue to follow it here let me grab a quick call or to penny is listening in chicago illinois penny good afternoon
5: Good afternoon, Drew. I'm calling because I heard a couple of the truckers from Canada interviewed on Fox,
1: and they said that it's a much bigger issue uh, than uh, the coronavirus, the thing, and the vaccine. What they're fighting against are these mandate cards that eventually they would want to issue with every bit of your information on, from your health to your finances. That what they're heading for is something the same way they're doing it in China.
2: Well, Penny, thank you. I heard a very similar report to that as well. And one of my great concerns, of course, is vaccine passports. You know, that's what some people are concerned are going to be coming our way. Uh, I want to give you final thoughts here, uh, if you could, uh, Tara. I've got to take a short pause, so go right ahead.
1: Um, Definitely, with everything that we have going on, it it makes us proud to be a Canadian. Our protests have been nonviolent and peaceful in all senses. Uh, It's almost like a barbecue at the border, what we have going on right now. And we're proud to be part of the team.
2: Hey, well, thank you, Tara, for, for being with us. We'll, we'll probably touch base with you again. I, I'm delighted to see how things ultimately develop. But thanks for being here with us, and uh, we'll keep you in our prayers, okay? Have a great day. Thank you,
1: thank you for taking the opportunity. Uh, you Bye-bye.
2: That's it. Tara Walter. She uh, actually runs a trucking company. She's the owner and president of B&D, Walter Trucking Limited, out of Alberta, Canada. Carlos, and everyone else, my apologies. I can't get your calls. I'm going to take a short pause here. When we come back... I'll zoom out a little bit. I'll take a larger view of this. Stay with me. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester.
1: Your Life
6: Connected, The Drew Mariani Show, on Relevant Radio.
2: Yeah, there's the little Isley brothers for you. Good afternoon. It's good to be with you. We'll be praying the chapel in about 30 minutes. If you are just joining me and continuing to follow what's happening with our neighbors to the north as a huge convoy makes its way uh, to the Canadian government, the head of the Canadian government. You heard earlier that they're actually... uh, Canadian government's actually a little trepidatious or scared by this convoy. And, and governments all across the continent have cameras set up along roadsides. And you can actually access those cameras to see what the roads are like, right? Either in terms of traffic or, again, you're talking about Canada. Can you imagine the winter road conditions? I mean, whatever, whatever is Well, check this out, right? Uh, people are lining the streets, as I said. They're giving these truckers food and fuel and housing them and cheering them on. Well, the provincial government in Ontario, they decided, we don't want people to see what's going on with our truckers. Mm-mm. So guess what they did? <laughs> you guessed it. They shut off the cameras. In Nova Scotia, the government there prohibited people from gathering near a particular highway on the border with New Brunswick. And according to Fox News, those who disobeyed, you're going to get fines of anywhere from 3000 to $10,000. How would you like that? No, Maggie, you can't go out. No, If you get caught, you're going to be fined three to 10 Gs. So you know, corporations, they face even bigger fines. A corporation can be fined anywhere between 20 to 100 grand. So 20000 to to $100,000. And then, of course, there's the fact that the prime minister there, Justin Trudeau, uh, he can't be found right now. Uh, he did, as I was sharing a few moments ago, he initially dismissed the protest as it's small. It's, it's a fringe minority, right? Uh, he's been spirited away now. Uh, many claim for his safety. I, I, I don't think he's in any danger, to be honest with you. The, uh, the Canadian media reported that he and his family have been escorted from their home. He is now in a secret location in the capital. There was another report that I had seen that said that, uh, you know, he came here to the U.S., and that may very well be true. Uh, but for the past couple of years, just to give you a little little perspective on this little little history the canadian government uh, they have been more draconian than anything happening here in the u.s with police even arresting pastors and shutting down churches for violating social distancing and masking rules i I don't know if you saw the video this is months ago during the heat of COVID. there was one pastor up there who as the police came in you know just he gave them a verbal lashing and told them to get out. I think they came twice. I think the third time he was actually arrested uh, there. But, um, you know, people gathered to, to celebrate and, and to worship. Uh, there's even a rule in Ontario that if you're unvaccinated, right? So say say you chose not to be vaccinated for whatever reason, moral, you know, the health, whatever it might be. Uh, there's a rule in Ontario that if you're not vaccinated, you cannot go into a big box store. You can't do it. Unless you are masked and escorted through the store by a health warden. And then even so, when you go through there, you can only buy. You can't buy anything else. You can say, oh, I need a new pair of socks or, you know, oh, wow, that cleaner looks great. Let me pick that up. No, you can only buy food and medicine. That's it. You know, that's it. I'm sure, you know, I'm not sure if it includes things like, you know, toilet paper or feminine hygiene products. I I don't know. But the bottom line is that's how draconian it's become. Uh, There was the revelation at the end of December that the Public Health Agency of Canada secretly spied on 33 million devices to monitor their lockdown measures. Now, you know, the thing I love about America, and one of the things I always wanna protect is our liberty and our freedom and our privacy, right? We are the home of the brave. We are the land of the free, right? That's uh, I believe that, I hope that's the case. If this is happening in Australia, if it's happening in Canada, if it's happening in other parts of the world, Italy, is it possible that we'll see that here in America? Canada secretly, I want to underline, make bold, make that loud for you. Canada secretly spied on 33 million mobile devices to monitor their lockdown measures. Like my, my, my mobile phone is an appendage. It goes everywhere with me. You know, it goes everywhere because um, they can find out whether you're there or not. A spokesman for the agency said it was, uh, you know, just to help us understand the possible links between the movement of populations within Canada and COVID, we, you know, we did this for health reasons, right? Uh, but it was the vaccine mandate, you know, it was, it was the quarantine for truckers crossing into the U.S. that crossed the line, it got the truckers upset, and that convoy has shown that the average Canadian is sick and tired of being pushed around by the government. I'm joined today by Dr. Ann Kavuki, and a longtime contributor to the show, a woman who is a champion of privacy she is the executive director of global privacy and security by design i often give out her website i think it's good to check out ps by design center.com center is spelled c-e-n-t-r-e so gps by design center.com all right and it's good to have her with me again doctor thank you for making time good afternoon
6: Oh, of course, Drew. I've just been moaning while you've been saying all this because it just, oh, it terrifies me. I'm just so outraged at all of this. And I've been applauding the truckers, what yeah. they've been doing in in pursuit of their freedom and liberty. That's what they're doing. They, they're yeah. out there. They want their freedom.
2: And the Canadian people apparently are in total support. I mean, you see them yeah. lining streets and, and giving Absolutely. them food and shelter.
6: And absolutely. And that's what appalls me about Trudeau, our, our head of Canada. I mean, he is completely discounting all the support that's been given to the truckers with people lining the streets, as you said, thousands of people supporting this. And he's just dismissing it. That is what is so outrageous to me. The public is supporting this. The truckers, they just want their freedom. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Prime Minister Trudeau—he barely got elected in the last election. Uh, oh, I, I know, it
6: was a minority. Oh, god, it breaks my heart. He got in. Oh, it's well. just so appalling. He doesn't care about the people at all. Yeah.
2: The Public Health Agency of Canada—I I, I thought of you instantly when I heard the story because yes. I thought, hey, if it's happening uh, in Canada, you know, how, how do we know it's not happening uh, here in the U.S.? Because again, I, I want to underline the word "secretly." They, they didn't let the people know that hey, we're just going to right. j- just for health concerns, we're going to monitor population movements now. They did this secretly. 33 million Three mobile million. devices. I uh, mean, can you
6: imagine? 33 million mobile devices. And they didn't tell anybody, as you could imagine, because there would have been such outrage. Because as soon as people found out about this, there was enormous outrage. I'm going to be appearing before a committee opposing this. I mean, it's ridiculous. So it, it just baffles me how they, the government thinks they can do whatever they want, and they just stay silent about it. They're just quiet about it. It's no big deal. It's a huge deal. People are sick and tired of this privacy forms the foundation of our freedom we want freedom and liberty
2: yeah, I that. did you expose that by the way and are they still doing it what and what are they doing with all the data
6: it's a good question well they they're, they're not doing it anymore thank god and there's going to be a big committee hearing on this and everything so uh, where it's at right now i don't know we're, we're just waiting to hear the next steps
2: so the demonstration is happening in ottawa right now Yes. Will this reverberate back to the provincial and the local governments, and and, and how do they feel about it? What do you think we're going to see from that?
6: I'm hoping the provincial governments will get off their butt and change their existing position. Uh, They've been quietly opposing it, but I think they're just waiting to see what the public thinks. And I'm just really hoping that the provincial governments will end up supporting Uh, the truckers convoy they just want to ensure their freedom they want to be able to you know and and also we want the truckers to be able to go into the united states and back to canada freely because when you go to the grocery shelves there's so much missing there's so many empty shelves and they're saying no no that's not true it is true i have been to our grocery shelf and they're out of a lot of things because we're not getting it readily from the united states
2: yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm running into the same thing here with certain products that I'm trying to get a hold of. Uh, there are uh-huh. tens of thousands of people, uh, if not more in Ottawa, and, and I know the pres, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau has, has fled. What, what, are the, what are these truckers demanding? I, what, what is their demand, and do you think that that will be met?
6: It's not a big demand. They just want not to be pressed to be vaxxed. And I always tell people, it's not that people are anti-vax, they're pro-choice. They want to be able to make their own decisions on whether to get vaccinated or not. A lot of people don't. And the truckers are saying, look, we go back and forth across the border. We're not interacting with people. We just deliver the goods. It's not a big deal. It is just outrageous how this, you know, you have to be vaxed position has been spreading. It's completely outrageous.
2: Let's go to the phones. If you want to join us, my guest today, none other than the great uh, Ann Kavukin, Dr. Uh, Anne kavukin Executive Director of the Global Privacy and Security by De- Design. And we've been talking about privacy and freedom for a long time. And uh, it's good to have her with us. Carlos is listening to us in Carson, California. Carlos, good afternoon. You're on the air with Dr. Kavukian.
5: Yes, good afternoon. Well, listen, I, um, uh... This whole COVID thing has been created to scare people, of course, and to uh, use it as an excuse to bring in a a uh, world totalitarian government, uh, and it's been driven by the elites. But you were asking the question: Would those restrictions in Canada uh, gravitate to the United States? I think they are. They're they're good. They're working on legislation already. In New York, there was a piece of legislation, 146, that was going to give the governor, at his discretion, complete authority whether to arrest people and put them in concentration camps if he oh. deemed they were a threat to the health system. And that included people with the, with the COVID-19, the, the fraud, fraudulent COVID-19, or the unvaccinated. So, uh, then, you know, those restrictions will be coming over. Um, you know, a lot of our leaders, uh, world leaders, have graduated from a club called uh, the Young World Leaders, which is led by Schwab from the World Economic Forum. And there are right. people like... Carlos,
2: let me let me hold you just to, on one point here. I mean, yeah. I'd love to go down that, that lane with you, but uh, ah. let me get back to the implications because... Doctor, you heard what he had to say. Um, And and I want to to bring a point of clarification. You're not putting anyone in concentration camps. They might put them in some sort of detention center, but concentration camps conjures a very different thought in my mind. But to to Carlos's point, I mean, I think of what's happening in what what we've seen happen in Australia, what we're now seeing in Canada, what we've seen in areas here in the States, and in certain parts of Europe, too, as well. Um, What are the implications right now uh, in terms of, of freedom globally? And is this a... Has COVID been an opportunity for, I don't know, a movement to, to gain greater control over the, the privacy uh, the, and the information of uh, the global citizens?
6: Unfortunately, yes, governments, this is a, a way for governments to exert greater control. And it is huge authoritarian measures that are being taken. I sincerely hope this doesn't go to New York, as this gentleman is saying. Yeah. You would know more about that than I would, Drew. But yeah. the point is, this is the opportunity for governments all around the world, and they're grabbing it, to exert stronger control and basically rule, rule the way they think things should be done. And, and it just right.
0: terrifies me.
2: Well, Denise in Chicago, thanks for calling in. You're on the air with Dr. Kavokian.
0: Thank you, Drew. I I just wanted to say, in Chicago, you can't walk into a restaurant until you have, unless you have a vaccine pass. Not a pass, but uh, all your vaccine cards with your booster, no. all listed, no. all listed, okay? So I, was, uh, I work in the really? city, and so I was picking up a pizza on my way home. So I went, and I go, can I? you can't come in here to get the pizza. I said, well, what do I do? Stand outside, and we'll come out there with you. And then to uh, park, you had to pay, like, the parking, too, uh-huh. because, you you know, now I had to wait 20 minutes to get the pizza, and I had to find a parking space. So this is going on, and then... You go and you go into the grocery stores, and they're out of everything. Especially yeah. in the cities, they're yeah. out of everything. An but, inf- and then the restaurants say, "Sorry, we don't have enough people working here yeah. uh, due to the pandemic." And I'm thinking, you don't have enough people here because you're forcing everybody to be vaccinated. You're forcing everybody to be vaccinated to come even come in.
2: Well, I think what's going to happen here, Denise, thank you. And and, and Dr. Uh, we can talk about it. Uh, if that's the case, if you're going to make it that hard for your customer base to pick up a pizza, you're going to go out of business. I, and I know yeah. a lot of businesses are, are having problems already. I think dry cleaning and restaurants and a lot of different places that have had had problems uh, due to COVID and, and their restrictions. There are areas where people are saying enough is enough. and We're not going to do this anymore. And uh, I think we are get to that point where we're. Hopefully we're going to we're going to see these mandates lifted.
6: I, I'm praying that's the case, Drew, because what, what will also begin to come out, it's not coming out yet, uh, but mainstream media is not covering it at all. There are problems associated with these vaccines. It's not like they're oh, they're just fine. It's no big deal. It's nonsense. And a lot of people, uh, people that I know who have gotten COVID have had double they've been double vaxxed and booster shotted. So it's not like you get the vaccines and you're fine. That's not it at all, and all of this will be coming out later in this year, and it, it terrifies me what what might happen. But it is appalling that they insist upon you getting vaxxed or that's it—you can't come in, you can't do anything. It's nonsense.
2: Yeah, yeah. I saw a report earlier today that um, with Omicron, the wave—it's now yeah. receding in the states, and of course, that was an extremely contagious variant, yes. and some governors uh, here in the in the states were saying it's 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 time for these pandemic fatigued Americans to just get a sense of normalcy restored uh, and, and and live with the virus there are certain kind con- of Britain I believe definitely I'm England right. has has lifted there's hey no more masks no yeah. more mandate cards we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna deal with this we see the citizens of Canada responding to this uh, w- with this trucker convoy and the u.s yeah. here, um, I had seen a case where, uh, you know, counts are now declining and everywhere from Arizona to Utah to North Dakota to Louisiana, Mississippi, and uh, a few of the state leaders there are, are basically calling this over. So we'll see. I, there's some governors that want to declare an end to the pandemic. I, I only have about a moment or two yeah. left. I, I'd love to get your take. W- where are we with this in, in your view, and, and uh, where, where do you see this playing out?
6: Well, we're getting closer to. I don't want to call it the end of the pandemic because I don't. I don't know right. when that to expect that. But certainly here in Ontario, uh, I live in Toronto, Canada. Um, they've lifted the restrictions as as of today. The restrictions now you can go into restaurants only fifty percent capacity. But at least they're not closed down. They're not shut down anymore. There were so many businesses going out of business, restaurants and other places. Boarding events. So now you can go into gyms, you can go into restaurants. They're slowly beginning to open up. And I'm praying that this will continue so we can return to some semblance of normality. People have had it with the pandemic and it's going to be around forever. It's like the flu. You know, people get the flu. Yeah. You get better. I mean, some people die from the flu, but it, this, is, this is the reality of our world. We have to accept it, take good care of our health, and do the best we can. You can't lock people down. It's been two yep. years already.
2: And protect our privacy. And that was a stunning yeah. revelation, about 33 million oh. Canadians oh, having their privacy that? invaded. Oh, Unbelievable. God. Hey, doctor, thank you. We'll catch My up pleasure. again. I'm always grateful for okay. the time you make for me, okay? It's Dr. A Thank you, Drew. Dr. Ann Kavoukian. Check her out uh, online again. It's GPS uh, Center by Design. All right, again, GPS by Design Center, I should say. Dot com. GPS by Design Center. In fact, tomorrow I'll talk to you a little bit about what we can learn from the end of the nineteen and eighteen. This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro life values. And fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at com. Tell one friend about the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. I'm not holding
0: a small cup, Drew. I'm having, <laughs> a, holding an extra large cup.
2: A bucket. Every weekday at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific on Relevant Radio. Yeah, coming up in a few minutes, we will do that, right? We'll hold out that big cup, that bucket, and we will trust God can fill a thimble as easy as he can fill a bucket, right? I mean, my father taught me that lesson very early in life, and when we ask for God, so often we limit God, don't we? <laughs> we often say, oh, God's got bigger problems, or, you know, he, you know, the doctors say this, or my checkbook says that, and so I'll just ask God for this, and we limit our, our ask. Why ask? I mean, I think of the scriptures, people who asked that their their dead loved one be brought back to life. You know, we, we see the, the sick healed, you know, the blind restored, you know, the, the 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 mute being able to talk, the deaf to be able to hear, the lame being able to walk, the possessed exercised. I mean, nothing. God can do anything. You know, don't limit them. All right. And coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll tap into one of the most powerful prayer forums that we have uh, here on the network. Mass number one. And then we have the uh the, the rosary and the chaplet. I mean those are two is this is a source of uh community prayer, and I love that. Right. There's something about us gathering together and invoking the mercy of God. So coming up, we will pray for each other. But let me get you plugged into something else that I think is gonna be a blessing. And that is um something that Relevant Radio decided to do this year. I got a meeting tomorrow with with the network. I'm gonna be there with my producers and and um, one of the things I'm really excited to talk about is the miracles and mysteries in Mary. It's, it's something relevant has decided to make available to you in 2022. And I, I just uh, my personal experience, I'll just share it with you. Uh, I've always had a uh, a touch of the divine. I've always been drawn to God, and I think we all have. We're all wired to know God, to to love Him, to want to be with Him, not just now, but but in eternity. And our enemy can mute that. He can desensitize us to that. He can blind us to the reality of God. And I think that happens a lot. But what really sped me down the path, uh, I'm still on the path to holiness. I'm working on my holiness. I'm working on trying to be the saint God created me to be. And I'm a man filled with a lot of foibles. And I had to say that. But the thing that really sped me into a deeper relationship with God, one that really opened up my love for not just Jesus, about the Holy Spirit and God the Father, the Blessed Trinity, it was Our Lady. It was Our Lady. And uh, relevant, they understand the role of Our Blessed Mother, right? And because of that, they put together this year a tremendous resource for you. Uh, And we want you throughout this year, 2022, and I really think Our Lady is the answer, um, a special resource, I guess, is the best way to put it. And, And here's what you need to do, just... I'd encourage you to go sign up for this. We have an email series in which if you have signed up, if 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 you sent your email in, you're going to get exclusive content. And if you haven't, you might be hearing this for the first time. Really simple. You go to our website and just go to relevantradio.com and use the forward slash Mary. Okay, relevantradio.com forward slash Mary. And you will receive uh, this email series and you're gonna learn throughout the year. You're gonna grow in your faith. You're gonna come to understand Our Lady. Like, you know, this is a tough issue for a lot of people. Well, why do I need to go to Mary? I can just go to Jesus or, you know. uh, A lot of these types of questions come up. You're gonna understand how much God loves Our Lady. What an important role she played in salvation history. Uh, You're gonna learn uh, about her role across the centuries. And uh, the series, we're, we're, we're dubbing it Miracles, Mysteries, and Mary, and it's going to come to you all year long. So go sign up for it now. I'll talk to you more about it maybe a little bit later, but uh, you know, a lot of Marian feast days. There's going to be great articles. There's going to be stories of saints guided by Our Lady. You know, I think all the great saints had special devotion to her. They, they really did. I, I think there's something about a relationship with Our Lady who never points to herself, but always points to her son. And you're going to find that as you uh, learn more and you fall more deeply in love with Our Lady, you will speed down that path to holiness and fall even more deeply in love with her son. And that's uh, that's the beauty of the way God set all this up. It really is. I, I, you know, I, the Holy Father, I mean, before we we um, before we pray, and we'll be doing that in a few moments, he said something at his general audience I, I just thought I'd share with you because I think it resonated with me. Yeah, he was... Um, he, he, I think it was Sunday that he said this. yeah, it was a couple yeah, I think it was Sunday. it was the other day. I, I just read a, a quick blip of, of what he had to say in his general, he had this audience on Sunday and he told the faithful, he told he's our shepherd, right? He's your shepherd mine, uh, that you have to be open to the newness that Jesus wants to bring into your daily life. And he says, the Lord always surprises us. He says, that's the beauty of an encounter with Jesus Christ. Isn't that true? I mean, right now, think about how God has surprised you. I I look back over the course of my life, and I say, one day I'll write a book about it. And I see the hand of providence in ways that just absolutely amaze me. And even how prayers are answered in ways that are far bigger than I ever expected. How when certain doors shut, other ones open. And the opportunity is an even bigger blessing. The fact I sit here with you every day, that's a surprise to me. I had never any intention of doing talk radio. Never wanted it a day in my life. I could not be happier. The Lord surprised it with me. You know, He blessed me in so many other ways. The, the Holy Father said that the Lord asked us to open our mind and a very simple heart. He says, and he, and He said, "May Our Lady, May the Virgin Mary, who is the model of humility and willingness, show you the way to welcome Jesus." So He's right. We're right in line with what the Holy Father's saying, and and vice versa. And he, he made this beautiful address from the apostolic palace that overlooks St. Peter's Square. And uh, he, he one final nugget or, or pearl uh, that the Holy Father gave, and, and this is so true because it's, it's so reflective of what Our Lady's all about. He says it takes humility to encounter God. It takes humility to encounter God and let ourselves be encountered by Him. So let's open our hearts with simplicity. Let's trust in a big-time way. Let's turn to our lady for her powerful intercession and then sit back and be assured uh, that God is a God of surprises. Uh, You know, I've seen it, I've encountered it, and I know you will too. And I just, I really believe that God, he's got surprises in store for you. He is ready to surprise you right now. My question to you is, are you ready? Are you prepared to receive, you know, have you cleared the way for the surprise that God wants to give you? I remember reading a, uh, something a friend of mine uh, who's a great journalist, he wrote, and, and, and he, he shared the story of this very powerful account of, of prayer that was centered on Our Lady of Surprises, right? And I love Our Lady, she's got a million titles, right? And, and, you know, he said, and I never forgot this, he says, God is a God of surprises. And he, he raised this question, have you taken advantage of that? Um, there are thousands, probably countless ways that god can and and has surprised you so um quite often you might have spiritual attacks that come just before god's ready to give a gift to you and present you that surprise maybe you're going through that right now in your life maybe it's with your family or your relationship maybe it's with your job maybe it's with your health maybe it's with your finances maybe it was an accident i i remember one time i had a my transmission went out of my car right and instead of saying lord i can't afford to replace this oh my gosh and, and vent and be angry When that happened, I was on a highway. I said, Lord, thank you for this. I don't understand, but I know you're gonna bring good out of it. I said, thank you, Lord. I'm excited to see what you have coming my way. You know what ended up happening was? A friend had heard about my situation, had a successful business. He says, I have a car that was just turned back into me. I wanna give it to you. So instead of me saying, Lord, why? You know, Help me have the money to fix it the Lord gave me practically a brand new car. That is a God of surprises, isn't it? And I know God has surprises in store for you. Let's pray for them when I return.